Hey, a quick question as we get started. Show of hands. How many here you believe in the power of prayer? Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, most of you, you believe in the power of prayer. Me too. So um, question number two, how many here like this past year, you would, you would admit that you didn't pray as much as you should have right? or could have, right? Anybody? Yes, yep, me too. I could have prayed more. Um, last question, how many would say that in this past year, you like, you prayed way too much. Like you overdid it, you were out of control. Anybody? No, me neither, me neither. So, so why is that? Why, why is it that we can believe in the power of prayer, but yet not do it as much as we know that we should? Um, you know, for me, I gotta be honest, I, I, prayer, I've never felt like I was great at it. Like sometimes pastors will get together and they're like, hey, let's, let's take a retreat and we'll go to a cabin and we'll lock ourselves in and uh, we'll pray for hours. And uh, come on, let's go. And I'm like, yeah, nah, you go ahead. I'm good. I mean, I just, I, that is not my, maybe it's my ADD. I don't know. I can't do it. Um, I always tell people too. I tell people, you know what? Just be real with God. You can't screw up prayer. But I'm telling you something. There was a time I screwed it up. I, I kid you not. I uh, when I when I was in rehab the first time, um, we had a sweat lodge. So if you don't know what that is, it's like a, it's outdoors and it's like a teepee, and you go inside of it, and it's just think of a a sauna, a sauna times like ten. So we're, we're in this sweat lodge, and uh, um, it's hot. I mean, there's rocks in the center, and these rocks are just just red hot. And there was, I remember this little bald dude, little bald man, and he would take this water and he'd pour it on the rocks. And I mean, when they would steam up, I, it would literally take my breath. It was so hot. Like, like if this is hell, this two degrees may be cooler is where we were at. It was unbelievable. And, uh, and you couldn't leave because I bet a couple guys before we went in that I wouldn't be the first one to leave. I know you shouldn't really be betting when you're in a rehab center, but whatever, it, that, that don't matter. So we, so I'm not leaving. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm sticking this out. So we're in there and uh, it's hot and, and the steam is rolling up and the little bald man just poured some water on. So we should have some time to kind of have a reprieve. But I kid you not, it was 10 seconds later and that little dude grabbed more water and started just pouring it on. And I thought to myself, is that the devil? Like, is this guy the devil? What is he doing? It was unbelievable. And then when it was just miserably hot, people started to pray. Well, just that we wouldn't die for one thing, but we're praying and we would take turns. And when it got to me, I thought to myself, all right, I'm just going to pray like a, a very quick prayer because I didn't, I wasn't confident in prayer. And uh, so I'm like, I'm just going to, when it's my turn, I'll just make it quick. Right? So I did. I was like, uh, God, thank you so much for um, these guys, uh, for you know our little bald, um, crazy friend. Uh, just thank you for recovery and this rehab. And uh, uh, Jesus, we want to thank you. And as soon as I said that, my buddy next to me nudges me. He's like, no, no. And I was like, no, no what? So I'm like, all right, I'll just close the prayer. I'm like, and, and Father, we just want to pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. And he knob nails me again. And he's like, no, don't say Jesus. And I'm like thinking to myself, that's about the only thing I thought I was doing right, right? Is saying Jesus. I thought you're supposed to always say Jesus when you prayed. But apparently, I screwed that up. And looking back, obviously, there were a lot of cultures represented in this, uh, in this um, sweat lodge. And not everybody was on board with Jesus. So you're supposed to pray more generic. And no one's ever told me that. So I messed that all up. But, uh, but I wasn't the first one out of the sweat lodge. So I won the bet.
Anyway, so prayer's always been a little bit of a, um, a struggle for me. It doesn't come naturally. So, but that's why I'm so excited about, uh, about this series. I'm going to tell you something. I keep hearing people, we're at the beginning of the year and, oh, you know, we had 2020 and it was all this and 2021 wasn't much better. And what's going to make 2022 this amazing success? And I'm going to tell you something. What I'm hearing from people isn't, they're, they're off. Because I'm hearing about the political landscape and the mid-election, and I'm hearing about um, uh, the economic standpoint, and is it, is it going to go up or down the economy, um, or or the social justice issues, or um, COVID numbers? Let me tell you something: none of those things are going to make a, the difference in 2022, or going to determine if 2022 is a success. You know what's going to make the difference? How you pray, how I pray. You want to have a success this year? It will be determined by how you pray. This is why we are starting this series, uh, this year off with a series called Bold Prayer. Say bold prayer. Say big dreams. Bold prayer. Big dreams. You got it. And, and let me, t- I, I wrote it down this way, and this is going to be on the screen. Who you become is determined by how you pray. I'll say it again. Who you become, not just in 2022. I'm talking as a whole, will be determined by how you pray. And the bolder you pray, the more of an impact your life is going to make. I, this is so key that we catch this. Looking in scripture, there's a bold prayer that was prayed by a man named Peter. Maybe you've heard of him, a good friend of Jesus. He prayed a bold prayer and it blows me away. It is so specific, so short, but so powerful. I'm going to get to it. Uh, Today I'm preaching out of Acts 3, 4, and 5. If you brought your Bible or you got your mobile app, go to Acts 3. And man, I love when you bring the Word of God. God's going to speak to you through that. And you can underline and highlight. And oh man. So Acts is right after the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So it picks up where the church is launched. Jesus has died on a cross. He's risen from the dead. Spoiler alert. Jesus rose from the dead. And uh, he hung out for uh, just over a month. And then he ascends into heaven where he is right now, sitting at the right hand of the Father, talking about you, talking about me, praying for us. And, uh, and he inaugurates the church. And this is the church. And, and Peter and John are going to go to worship. They're going to go to church. They're going to the temple. And this is where we pick it up. Acts 3, verse 6. They come, by the way, they come across a guy a lame guy. This guy's crippled, been crippled for decades, like four decades. That's where we come upon the scene. Uh, the guy's asking for help, but he's asking for cash, for money. And, and, and Peter says in verse six, I don't have silver, I don't have gold, but I'll give you what I have. Here's the prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ, okay, by the way, take that sweat lodge. He just said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene, get up and walk. Okay. I'm going to pause for a second. That prayer is about as specific and bold as I've ever heard. And those two things are going to be requirements in this, in this series that we're going through together. Specific, meaning they didn't just pray, oh God, we just pray that you help this gentleman live his best life. Oh God, we just pray that you help help him have uh, the new year, new you. God, we just pray that you you give him abundance and and and, and favor. They didn't pray any, anything like that. Peter prays boldly, heal this man, help him walk in the name of Jesus. 
That is very specific. And your prayers need to be specific. Say specific. Yes. And what else? Your prayers, this is key for bold prayers. What constitutes a bold prayer? God, it must require God to show up. Okay? Your prayer, like if God doesn't show up, it ain't happening. Okay? If God don't show up, Peter, I don't care who you think you are. If God don't show up in the equation, that guy's not standing up and walking. But, but God was in the equation. So specific and requires God to show up. So let's continue. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and he helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Okay? So we see a bold prayer and we see God answer it like that. This is crazy. Here's this guy been healed and, and, and the people are going crazy, of course. There's Bob. Bob's been like hanging out in the same spot for 40 years. And now Bob is like over there getting a gym membership. Something's weird. Okay. So there are, people are gathering and Peter sees an opportunity and Peter starts preaching the gospel. He's like, all right, if these people are, are excited, which they should be, I'm going to give them the real good news. Peter preaches the good news and he's, they're getting the attention of, of uh, the, the religious people and the religious people end up arresting Peter and John. So as they're arrested, uh, let me read Acts 4.4. But many of the people who heard the message of Peter, right, they believed it. So the number of men who believe now total 5,000. That's the church. That's just the guys. So we're, we're probably talking 10, 15,000 people are part of the church. So what does that tell you? What started with one bold prayer in the name of, in the name of Jesus Christ, God, we pray that you heal this man. We pray that he gets up and he walks. So the prayer that God answers, it didn't just impact Bob, our crippled friend, but it impacted thousands of people who came to know Christ. This is so incredible. It blows me away. One bold prayer. Let's continue. Remember, they're arrested. Verse 7, they're brought, they brought the two disciples in and demanded, hey, by what power or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit that'll change you, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? I mean, do you really? Let me clearly state it for, for you and all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Now that last statement, is, 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 is radical. Peter tells them, basically, you killed Jesus. Okay, I noticed Peter didn't mention him denying him. No matter, whatever. So you killed Jesus, and then he goes on to say to them, but God raised him from the dead. Do you know how offensive that was to them? See, the group he's talking to are the Sadducees. Sadducees are a religious sect. What their, their niche or what they're known for is not believing in resurrection from the dead. They don't believe that at all. So, so here's this, this, this fisherman telling them that they're murderers and then telling them that their theology is wrong. Peter's boldly making, he's not just boldly, he wasn't just boldly praying. He wasn't just boldly speaking to these, these guys. You know what he was doing? Peter was boldly making a declaration of war right to them. This is how crazy this is. And I think about that and I think to myself, okay, and this is a real question I want you to ponder. In this new year, what do you need, what, what do you need to declare war over? 
In this year, what do you need to declare war over? Okay, is it addiction? Is it apathy? Is it negativity? Is it fear? Is it, is it that one thing that you keep going back to or the one thing that keeps holding you back? What do you need to declare war over? We're going to come back to that later. <laughs> Acts 4.13 The members of the council, they're amazed when they saw the boldness of the Peter and John, the way they're speaking to them. Uh, they, they could see they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They're, they're, these are religious, uh, astute men. They are, they are, they are uh, learned men. And they're hearing Peter speak like this not, with no fear. And they're blown away. I like how it says unschooled, untrained, ordinary. By the way, do you know what ordinary in the Greek, like the Greek word? Look at it. I put it up on the on the screen for you. Uh, just say, say it with me if you can. Idiotess. Idiotess. Okay, do you see the word that's in there? Do you see what word might come out of that? That's what they're calling. I mean, they're calling like Peter and John dumb and dumber. That's what they're calling them. I wouldn't call them that. You know what I'd call them? Bold and bolder. That's what I would call them. Now, I don't know who's bolder, who's bolder. They can fight that out. But, I mean, it's nuts. So they, they end it by telling them, you know what? Don't you talk about Jesus or we'll kill you. Well, what do Peter and John do? They go back to their group, right? To the church. That's a group of people gathered together, ecclesia. They, they go back and they pray straight up. They don't pray something timid. They pray something bold. Listen to what they pray. This is so good. Acts 4, 29 and 30. Now, O Lord, this is their prayer. Now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, God, great boldness. So they're praying for boldness and then they get specific. Boldness for what? Preaching your word. They continue, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus Oh my God, a bold, specific prayer. This is what we need to start praying, church. You and I, together, bold prayers honor God. Did you know that? Bold prayers honor God. And God honors bold prayers. Bold prayers honor God. And God honors bold prayers. So question, how amazed are like the people that are in your life maybe people you work with, how amazed are they with your boldness in your faith? Not just in your prayer life, but, but in just your faith in general. Do they even know that you believe in Jesus? Do they even know that you have faith, that you love Jesus? The Bible says you will know my followers by the way that they love. What if you got to like your retirement party and, and you mentioned church or Jesus and they're like, wait a minute. I didn't know that I didn't know that you were a follower of Jesus. Okay, what does that say? That says that the entire time that you and I, we didn't live any different, we didn't love any different than any other coworker. How bold, how, 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 how amazed are people by your boldness? I mean, and you might be thinking, well, I'm more introverted, I'm more quiet. I'm more meek. I'm like an Enneagram five. So, but listen to me, this, the boldness I'm talking about isn't a personality type. It is a Holy Spirit trait. 
Okay? That's what it is. It isn't personality. It's Holy Spirit. It is Holy Spirit. Now, does this mean that you go around shouting about Jesus? Hey, you! Jesus! Jesus! Hey, over there! Hey, you! Hey, ready? Give me a J! Yeah! Uh, give, me, give me an E! Yay! No! Don't do that! Okay? If you're doing that, A, you have no friends. Okay? B, okay, you just need to knock it off. It's weird. Okay? You don't do it that way. <laughs> I just thought of something. Uh, a couple weeks ago when I, when I preached, I, I told you there were advantages and disadvantages to being a pastor. Like with a lot of jobs, I just thought of something. Um, <laughs> this is about sharing faith. Uh, if I ever want to get out of small talk, like you, you ever be, you're, are you ever in an environment, like on an airplane, and you sit down and someone's next to you and, and the moment you want to sleep or read a book, they're going to start, it's, you sit by the person that wants to tell you their life story starting at conception. I mean, are you kidding me? So if I ever want to get out of that, it's so simple for me. This is, this is just my story. I'll sit down and they'll, they'll start talking and I'll, you know what I'll say? I'll say, what do you do for a living? And they're like, oh, I'm an accountant or, oh, I'm a, I'm a teacher. Whoa. <laughs> get excited in the spirit. And lo and behold, lo and behold, they'll ask me what? They'll ask, what do you do for a living? And I just turn and look at them. I'm like, I tell people about Jesus. <laughs> you know what that does? Well, it ends the conversation pretty quickly. It's smooth sailing the rest of the flight. It's just, I just, it's, there's an advantage. So anyway, um, so no, do you have to get all crazy about shouting about Jesus with boldness? No, you don't. In fact, I don't even encourage that. Here's what I encourage. There's going to be a time when, when someone you know is going through a struggle, and here's what you're going to do, and you've never done it before, but maybe during this series, you're going you're gonna to lean in and say, you know what? I just feel kind of compelled to pray for you. Can I do that? You're going to have maybe a, a, a coworker or a friend or a family member going through a deep, dark time, and you're going to lean in, and you're going to say, you know what? Um, I, I think you might like our church. Can I invite you to church? And maybe you've never invited anybody before. Or maybe you're with a group of friends, friends that you always hang out with, and maybe they're doing something that is maybe saying or doing something that's inappropriate. And, and instead of going along with it, you speak into it. And maybe you even take it a step farther and you start living a pure life when all of your friends don't. See, that's boldness. Say boldness. That is boldness. Type boldness in the comments for those of you watching online. Bold prayers honor God, and God honors bold prayers. Do you know how I can tell you that? Do you remember where we left off the story? Remember that they went back after getting arrested, they gathered, they prayed to God. Listen, the very next verse, this is Acts 4.31. After the prayer, oh my gosh, what God wants to do after we pray. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God, exactly what they prayed for. Help us preach the word of God boldly. And what do they do? They preach the word of God with boldness. God immediately answers their prayers. He's so good. So let's continue. Next chapter, Acts 5, 18. They're boldly preaching. They're arrested again. They, ar they arrested the apostles and put them in a public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. And then he told them, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. I got to give you two things you're going to experience if you'll take this journey with me for 21 days. 
Um, when you pray bold prayers, you have to expect a couple things. And I don't want you to get caught off guard. I want to set you up to succeed. God wants to set you up to succeed. You need to expect two things. And the first one, you might not like to hear, but you just need to know. You need to expect opposition. The, the, the world that we're living is not just a physical realm. Far from it. We are living in it with spiritual entities. We, okay, this is a spiritual battle. And when you throw down using the name of Jesus and praying bold, specific prayers, you get the attention of a lot of, a lot of spiritual realm, good and bad. So you need to expect opposition. Think about what I just read. Okay, this is the second time they're put in jail. Okay, they're facing opposition. And then what does the angel say? He says, now go and do the very same thing that got your life threatened in the first place. Go and do the very same thing that got you thrown in jail in the first place. Go do it again and go do it again and go do it again. It's insane. I'm telling you, you're going to face opposition. But if you're not ready to face opposition, man, you're not ready to experience God's miracles. If you're not ready to face opposition, you're not ready for the miracles of God. And I want you to expect those. In fact, that's number two. You pray boldly, expect opposition, and expect miracles. Expect miracles. Uh, that scripture I read to you, think of how mundane that is written by Luke. Luke wrote the, the book of Acts. And, and it, it, it's so nonchalant. Like, oh, Angel rolled up, they're in jail. Angel got out and said, hey, what up? Unlocks the door, lets them out, speaks to them. Okay, an angel of the Lord showed up, okay? Breaking chains, opening doors, speaking words. This is a miracle. I mean, miracles. Miracles, by the way, are byproducts of the prayers that were prayed by you or for you. Miracles are the byproducts of, of, of prayers that were prayed by you or for you. So key that we get this. And soon, you won't just see the miracles, you'll expect them. Uh, it doesn't even say they were shocked that an angel shows up. They're like, oh yeah, Gabriel, you again. I mean, it's insane. I love it. The, our, youth, um, our youth ministry, 6th through 12th grade, they meet uh, right at our location here on Wednesdays at 7. And uh, a few weeks ago, they had a Christmas party. And uh, it was, uh, the, what was the theme? Uh, paj uh, pajamas and pancakes. I get the pajama part. Pancakes? Dude, I'm sorry. I don't, I, whatever. They can do their own thing. So, but anyway, so they did these pajamas and these pancakes. And my daughter, Ava, brought a friend of hers. And uh, first time she'd ever been there. So they're out there and they're at our location. And the, her friend is like, oh my gosh, you guys got a nice church here. And, and it was like, well, it's not really, it's not ours. It's just, we meet here. We like rent it or something. You know, Ava's trying to explain it to her. She's like, oh, well, is it going to be yours? Or are you going to buy it? And, and Ava's telling me this story. And just the way she said it, Ava's like, well, we're, we're believing that God's going to give it to us. That's what my dad's praying and, and, and all of us. And she said her friend looked at her. Her friend looked at her like, what? You just think God's going to give it to you. And Ava's like, yeah, that's pretty much what we think. And, uh, and it is. And she's right. Now, I'm not naive. I'm not just praying and, and without acting. Understand something. Uh, now, could an angel show up like he did for them and give us a deed and title to some land and building? Sure, that could happen. And I'm all for it if it does. But here's what I'm understanding could very well be the, be the lane that God might want to take if this is what God wants. It'll be somebody like, like you, whether you're in the room or you're watching online, it'll be somebody hearing a story. Or it'll be a family member getting impacted through a church called Meadows. And something's going to supernaturally happen. 
And a group of people or a person is going to gravitate around a vision that is way bigger than anything we'll ever have resources for. And God's going to move in their heart. That's what's going to happen. Um, and, and they're going to be compelled to want to do something and give. And, and that's a way of God giving it to us. See, I just, I believe these things. And Ava knows it. She just said it like, you know what? We have big dreams. Go, go figure. Big dreams. Big dreams start with bold prayers. And I'm so sick of people, oh, I don't want to pray something too crazy. I don't want to pray something too wild. Well, I'm just going to pray that little Jimmy gets an A-plus on his paper. Okay, Jimmy hasn't got an A-plus for seven years. He ain't going to get one now, so don't worry about that. Start praying bold prayers. God isn't offended by your bold prayers. God isn't offended by your big dreams. God is actually offended by anything less. Nothing is more important than prayer. Nothing is more valuable than prayer. If your hands aren't putting together right now, you should start putting your hands together and giving God some prayers, some praise and prayers and everything. My gosh, I'm feeling good right now. I can't believe I tested positive. So here we go. Um, whew. Bold prayers. Say bold. Say prayers. <sighs> this pastor told this story. I got to tell it to you, it's short. He talked about a missionary that was called to Africa. And, and, and the guy was called to start a church in Africa. And you know where their meeting place was? It was under a tree. So don't be complaining about driving on gravel roads. I mean, we could be meeting under a tree. So anyway, so they're meeting under a tree. And, and, and they faced opposition, go figure. A, a local witch doctor came out to the place they were meeting and cursed the tree, and, and the tree died. True story. The leaves withered, they lost their cover. So what does the guy do? What does this missionary do? He calls a prayer meeting and prayed for God to bring the tree back to life. This guy's laying hands on a dead tree. I, I think about that. I love it. But you know what? You can't allow the enemy to come into God's territory and not stand up to him. So that's what he does. So he lays hands on the tree. I mean, until we get to a point where we're willing to lay hands on a dead tree, we'll never experience the power and glory of God and what he wants to do. Oh, by the way, the tree came back to life. And that's not the end of it. Not only did it come back to life, but it's the only tree in the entire village that yields fruit twice a year. God, God's plans are bigger and better than you can dream or imagine. And the guy goes on to say, here's what he specifically said in his prayer. And this kind of shocked me. The missionary said, you know what, God? It's not my name that's at stake. I'm like, Dang. Isn't that kind of, but, but, I, but I, the more I thought about it, I'm like, I like it. This guy's praying a bold prayer and he's not just putting it all on God. He's saying, God, I, I'm, I'm praying to you and I'll do my part. But ultimately, God, you have to show up. I mean, if it don't happen, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's, that's your name's at stake. And God's okay with his name being at stake. He can take it. His name's pretty good. His promises are pretty true. You know what I thought about when, when I read that? Um, tithing. Uh, tithing is returning 10% of our income, something that uh, is a struggle. God, it was for me so much of my life. And, uh, but it's the only thing where God says, put me to the test. In other words, uh, put my name at stake. Put my name on it. And if it doesn't happen, I'm the one that's going to look bad, God says. It, it, it's so amazing 
Oh my gosh, God, God will always give back more than we ever give up. And I'm not just talking financially. That it, I, it's the first thing I thought of. So church, as we embark on a mission together this year, I'm asking you to go on a journey with me and participate. I'm asking for 100% participation, nothing less. And not, we, we should expect nothing less if we, if we expect to be the church that's going to make a difference that God's called us to make. 21 days. 21 days of prayer and fasting. That's what I'm asking. And, and, and for some of you, for you to participate, you have to be in a desperate situation. And I'm praying that you'll get there real quick. Because I understand something. We're, we're creatures of habit and we'll many times take a path of least resistance. But when you get desperate, I mean, are you desperate? Is there a situation or something going on in your life where you're just, you're just at wit's end? God, I love when people get there. I ain't wishing pain on you. I'm just telling you, when you get to a place of desperation, God, I see God show up in amazing ways. Jesus did. Jesus did. One time, a prostitute was so desperate, she bust into a room and washed Jesus's, but broke up a party and washed Jesus's hair or washed Jesus's feet with her hair. He, she he might've washed, she might've washed his hair too. I don't know. I mean, it, it, think about that. That is desperate. Jesus honors it. Would have been awkward for the party, but Jesus honors it. A tax collector one time scaled a tree to get a glimpse of a, a king. That's desperation. One time, four dudes, four guys, did a little B&E. You know what B&E is, don't you? This is Metalist Church, of course, you know, breaking and entering. You knew that. So they do a little B&E to get their friend to Jesus. That's desperate. Jesus honors it. One time, a woman cuts through a bunch of people because she's desperate to get close to a man named Jesus just to touch his robe, just to touch the hem of his robe. She's so desperate. She's so broken. It's her last freaking chance. And she knew it. God, I, I pray that you're getting desperate for something right now because sometimes we've got to get desperate before we really want it, before we'll really go there. I'm telling you, for me, when we talk about fasting, that's a desperate measure, okay? I, I don't know about you, but, but I like food. Um, it, this, if prayer was something that was difficult, difficult for me, fasting is really difficult. But, but, but that's why I'm excited about it. And I hope you are too. But uh, I know it's going to be tough. There's been, there's been seasons I've tried to even eat healthy. And, but all, something always comes up, doesn't it? I mean, you, you, you say, I'm going to do it. And pretty soon it's Christmas. All right. Can't do it then. Then it's Easter, right? Then it's summer. Can't do it then. Right, pretty soon, then, you know, then Friday rolls around and then Tuesday. I mean, you, can't, you just can't get it done. So you get it. So, <laughs> but, but January 9th today through the 30th, we are starting this journey together. And, and make, it's no coincidence that on the 30th, we close with a celebration of baptisms. Fill out your card. Write baptism on it right now. Let us baptize you on the 30th to celebrate what God is doing. Real quick tips, though, on fasting. There, there, we have a website set up. It's on our, our homepage. Click on prayer and then click on a tab for the series and you'll see we'll lay out some different plans that you can do for fasting. There's um, the 5-2 plan. That's what I do. I mean, you know, five days, uh, five days I eat healthy and then two days I completely abstain. You know, just, just liquids, water, probably coffee because I think God wants me to drink coffee. I don't know. I'm praying about it. So, um, but, but that's what I'm going to do. And, uh, but there's the Daniel fast. That's eating fruits and vegetables. There is skipping meals. Sometimes people will skip meals uh, during this fast. Um, and I'm just going to be honest with you. You're going to get hungry. Okay, I'm going to take, take it a step up a notch. You're going to get hangry. 
Okay, you're gonna get hangry. That's why right after this whole series, we're gonna offer marriage counseling because we're gonna probably need it. So anyway, so, uh, but I really want you to participate in fasting and you gotta put a plan together. Put a plan together now, otherwise you won't do it. Otherwise, you know what's going to happen? You'll be like, eh, I'll give up, I'll give up eating uh, from one to two in the afternoon and maybe from like, I don't know, like from yeah, midnight to four. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I mean, no, you put a plan together now at what you're going to do. And, and real quick, every example of fasting in the Word of God is, has to do with food. So I, I really want that to be a part of the equation for you. I just want to, I just want to get about the Word of God. It's all I want to do because I know that it, it works. It's never failed me. I failed it. It's never failed me. So, uh, make food a part of it in whatever way you can. And if you want to do other stuff, do it too. Social media, guys, I'm making a declaration right now and you can hold me accountable. As of the 9th through the 30th, no social media for me, okay? So so if you send me a message on social media, okay, don't if I don't answer it, it doesn't mean I don't like you. Though maybe I don't. I don't know. I don't know you. So um, I just, I'm just saying I'm off of it. And I can't, it's, it's a relief just to even say it. I can't wait. So, but you can give up other stuff too, but food should definitely be a part. Understand something. Fasting isn't dieting, okay? Fasting isn't dieting because you're going to include some things, prayer and scripture. Now, if you fast without scripture, it's a diet. That's all it is. Fasting with scripture, that's fasting. See, you have to consume something. You have to be having something spiritual, spiritually fed to you. It's crucial that you, you see the Bible understands something. The Bible is, is, it's not just a promise book. It's a prayer book. And, and in this series, we need both. And when you feed on that, and that's why it's, it's so important you're in a group too, because we help each other. We encourage each other, but either, I mean, get in a group if you're not, but, uh, and if you don't know where to start in the word of God, start in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but, but consume the word of God. But this ain't no diet. See, a diet might change the way you look, but fasting, it's going to change the way you see. It's going to change the way you hear. It's going to change your entire experience. It's different. Let me close by asking you a question. I need you to answer it. That's why there's cards on your chairs. Um, if you're watching online or later, just write this down when you can. What are you asking God for? I'll ask it again. What are you asking God for? Jesus, many times, you know what he'd say to people when they came up to him? What do you want me to do for you? He wouldn't say it rudely. He just wanted to hear it from them. Like, what do you want? Blind man comes up. Jesus, I mean, wouldn't it be obvious? Jesus, he's blind. No, Jesus says, I need to hear it. I need to know you want it. I need to know you want what you want. Do you even know what you want? Do you even know what you want to ask Jesus for? What are you asking for? What promise are you praying for? What miracle are you marching around? What dream does your life revolve around? Or you want to go back to where we were? What do you need to boldly declare war over? Okay? I need you to write it down. You're not going to bring it to me. You won't bring it to the stage. This is something you're going to own and keep with you. What are you asking for? And as you ask, can I get personal? In this series for, for three weeks, as you ask, don't seek, how can I say this? Don't seek answers, okay? 
if you want breakthrough, okay, don't seek breakthrough, seek Jesus. You want answers, don't seek answers, seek Jesus. You want healing, don't just seek healing, seek Jesus. See, when you seek Jesus, you will find answers. You will find healing. You will find breakthrough. You will find it when you seek him first. I know it firsthand, you guys, because when I was all struggling in addiction, you know what I kept doing? I, I, I was going to God, but not to go to him, to get from him. God, I need help. For the 99th time in a row, God, help me quit. Help me stop. Help me get up from this path over to this path. And 99 plus times, it didn't happen. You know why? I was seeking recovery. I was seeking a sobriety. That's why it failed. You got to seek God. You seek first the kingdom of God, it says. Seek God. And the day I was in my car and I broke down, and I, and I knew right then, God, I'm done. It's over. And I don't, I, I don't even think I even asked for help. I think I just said, God, I, 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 I need you. I need you. I don't need recovery. I don't need rehab, even though I needed all those things. I needed God. And the next thing I knew, I was like walking into a rehab center. Go figure. The moment I started to seek God and pray some bold prayers, bold prayers. And it, it was, you guys, it's so crazy. I look back now. Remember Peter's prayer about for, for Bob, the, our crippled friend, and then thousands got saved? I pray this prayer for God to just rescue me from me and give me him. And I look years later as God calls us to plant a church, God calls us to move to Omaha. I look at all that and I'm like, we just wanted, we just, I just wanted my life to impact my family. I wanted to impact my family. I wanted to impact me, maybe a circle of friends, maybe some coworkers, maybe they'll come to know Jesus or get uh, recovery because of something I say. Okay, here we are, four plus years into a church plant, 477 people so far have made decisions to give their lives to Jesus Christ. Yeah, you should put your hands together. 477 decisions for Christ. What God wants to do when you seek Him first. What are you asking God for? We're starting there. We start boldly praying today. Go to that prayer page on our website. Let it direct you. Set up a plan for fasting. Set it up today. I'm t I, I, I need you to know, if you will engage, if you will engage in this for the right reasons, you will see the hand of God. God, you will see the hand of God move like you've never seen before. And it might not happen today. It might not happen tomorrow. But in God's timing, in God's timing, you will see it move. He'll do great things in you. He'll do great things for you. He'll do great things. Say big dreams. Say bold prayers. Yeah, pastor, I get it. Big dreams, bold prayers. I got big problems. I know. I know. We live in a world full of them. But why would you think that you're engaged in this message at this particular day, at this particular time, at this particular moment? You think that's a coincidence? Mm -mm. No, you, you got big problems, me too. God is bigger than your biggest problem. Can I tell you that? God is bigger than your biggest problem. God is bigger than your biggest fear. God is bigger than your biggest secret, your biggest sin, your biggest regret. God is bigger and he is able 
to do immeasurably more than you can ask, than you can dream, than you can imagine. Church, if you believe it, give God some praise for the next 10 seconds. I can't, I say, I can't hear you. Louder. I can't hear you. Give him praise. God is on the move. God is doing something. This is, this is God's time to move in our community, to move in your family, to move in you. It's what he wants to do. I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to worship. And, and, and I, I, my prayer that I've been praying, you, you, you know the title of the message, or maybe you don't know. Bod prayers, right? Bold, offensive, desperate prayers. Get there. Go there with me today and throughout the next few weeks together. Let's watch what God does. He loves you so much. His plans are so good. But you got to step into them, and so do I. Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I thank you. For everybody here, I'm praying for, I'm praying boldly, God, for, for you to give them the courage to write down specifically what they should be asking for. What do they need done? What miracle are we marching around? What, what promise do we need to grab hold of? What, what hurt are we asking you to heal? God, it starts with seeking you first. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that, that, that everybody, this entire church, will go on this journey together. 21 days, bold prayers, big dreams with a big God. The best is yet to come, God. We believe it. We declare it. We pray it in your name. And everybody says, amen. You can go ahead and grab a seat for another minute. My name is Billy Wilson. I'm the, I'm the district superintendent of what's called the Mountain Plains District of the Wesleyan Church. And I've been coming here for about four years off and on. I live in uh, Fort Worth. It's a little warmer there than it is here. Um, I usually don't come here in January. Uh, but, but it just so happened that I, I had planned to be here this week. And even though I've, I've come several times... Uh, God had to give Monty COVID before I got up on the stage because I had something to share with you. Um, we talk about bold prayers, and I want to share one of my prayers and tell you where you fit into that prayer. Uh, when I became the district superintendent about four years ago, um, I started to look at all the, the cities in our district that did not have a Wesleyan church. Even though our denomination's been around for about 160, 170 years, uh, we're predominantly in rural areas, uh, a lot of churches in suburban areas, but just not a lot of city churches. And, and so I, I looked at the, the largest, um, like 200 of the largest cities in America and realized 40 of those cities are in our district. Our district is Nebraska, Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, and Louisiana. And about the same time, I knew Monty and Casey and several others were moving from Sioux Falls to Omaha, and I said, that's one of the large cities. And then about the same time, God prompted a, a man to move to Houston, where we didn't have a presence anywhere near that. That's another one of the big cities. And so one of the bold prayers is, God, I don't know what kind of miracle it takes to call someone to pick up from one city and go to another large city and say, I just believe you're gonna put a church here. That takes some guts, doesn't it? And I see the miracle 
that consists of a lot of miracles in the room today. And so I approached Monty about a, a, a year ago and said, Monty, I don't know how this is gonna happen, but we've got like 18 more large cities to go. And I said, I don't know anybody that has the kind of faith that you have. Would you be in charge of the network that just prays for the large cities, raises up leaders to go to large cities? I don't know how long that would take or what it's gonna take. I just know it's gonna take some major miracles. And you know what Monty said, why not, right? So the only way stuff like that happens is when people are stirred by God and respond with a yes. I don't know what's been stirred in you today. I have a feeling it's something. And maybe it's been like building for some time. And today you got some clarity about it. Maybe it's been building and today was the day that you're like, I just, I need to say the prayer that Monty said so long ago. I just need Jesus. I just need to say yes. And it's gonna take all the guts you have and you can muster to put down on that little green connect card. Yeah, today's the day. I'm gonna step across the line or type in that little text box. If you're, if you're watching a line, I choose Jesus. Just take a step. Do the bold thing that you know he's prompting you to do. You don't know the miracle that's on the other side of it. But you'll never experience anything like it. Thanks for being part of this. Thanks for being so, part of something bigger than Meadows. I watch you all the time. I watch Monty all the time. He inspires me. He stirs me. I know God's up to something here. So I want to lead you in a prayer. And uh, you can stand back up while we pray. Just bring to mind now the, the thing when Monty said, what's your bold prayer? Bring that thing to mind and and we're gonna to go to God with that prayer. And if the thought so far has been, I don't know, that might be too big, that might just be the thing you're supposed to pray right now, so join me. Father in heaven, quiet the voice of doubt right now and bring to life the voice that you've been whispering to us to take a step to do something big, to go public, to be bold. God, that command we read over and over in Scripture, be bold, be strong, be courageous. Give us the grace to experience that right now. And whether it's to give our lives to you, to say yes to you, to be baptized later this month, whatever it is, no matter the cost. We say yes to you right now. Give us the grace to do it. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today, but don't stop there. I invite you to like or subscribe to our social channels. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, would you consider sharing this message with a friend, coworker, family member? I mean, so many people need hope and encouragement and you have the ability to bring it directly to them. Finally, one more thing. I wanna ask that you would consider giving financially to this ministry. I mean, God has done so much, but yet we believe he wants to do so much more, like so many more people he wants to reach, so much more hope he wants to give, so many more lives that he wants to save, and your investment can help make that happen. So again, thank you so much. I love you, and God loves you more. God bless you.